0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live
3: right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, looking out the window here with a fresh uh, covering of snow here in Aurora, Colorado, and we're coming to you live this afternoon Shout out to everyone on the Radio by Grace network and on the Grace FM network and listening live on Grace FM. We're live broadcasting right now. Uh, unless it's the program is always live, unless you hear a notice at the beginning that says it's an encore presentation. Uh, and then for everyone on Hope FM and Truth FM, you're listening to this a one week delayed. But the program itself is broadcast live uh, and we are um, taking care of the uh, live broadcast and then it gets recorded for other stations and then that is notified that it's a recording that day. Um, but here we are, 303 is the number. 303 uh, 690 You can text me directly, 720 uh, 336 Seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Those are that's a dedicated twenty four hour uh, text line where you can text questions during the show and prayer requests at all other times. And the the um, uh, prayer team here, you got to think, um, get my mind collected here. The prayer team here at Calvary prays over those requests <clears throat> regularly. So we're going to start the show off with a very special uh, prayer request from a sister here in our church, Jill. Uh, Jill's dad, Larry, uh, is on hospice care and not doing well at all. He will soon um, be heading off to meet Jesus Christ personally, uh, which is hard and difficult. um, But we want to pray for his strength and we want to pray for the family. Uh, so would you join me in that? His name is Larry, uh, and Jill uh, is a very, very important, special part. The Burke family, a very important part of our church family, and she asked me to uh, pray and to send off a note to our staff, which I did. So, Father, we pray for Larry today as he is uh, decreasing and, uh, as Jill said, going downhill very fast. I pray you'd prepare the family uh, for this transition Uh, This change, it's never easy to lose a loved one. It's certainly never easy for a daughter to lose her dad. Uh, So I pray that you would uh, encourage and strengthen this family. And even Jill, Lord, she's got a lot going on in her life right now. And uh, just this is uh, at the top of the list. So encourage her and strengthen her. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, give me a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690, 3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions, uh, 303-690-3000, and the text line is 720-336-0897. I want to hear from you guys listening on Radio by Grace. Of course, I want to hear from you guys on Truth FM. And Hope FM, uh, we get a good response here on Grace FM and around the country. And I know on Great on Radio by Grace Network, it is a newer program, uh, but are, we're very encouraged by the participation um, by the different stations around the country. So, hey, this show's nothing without you. So call because you're the one that we're going to make the show around. Isn't that awesome? Uh, so here we go. We're going straight, to start straight up in Sparta, Wisconsin. Esther, welcome to the program.
1: Hi. I am so glad to get a chance to talk to you.
3: I yes, just get so
1: blessed to hear your teaching on the air. I have oh, your thanks. app on my cell phone, so that's how you traveled up this far.
3: Fantastic.
1: <laughs> I um, so what's up? I have a question that it may sound silly once I get it out, but... Uh, In Proverbs, it says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Yes. And um, I, for a long, long time, like 30 years, over 30 years, um, was in a very rewarding relationship with a sister in Christ. Um. And then some things last summer kind of intervened. And um, we had a very sharp, deep, emotional disagreement. And um, I've tried to apologize to her and make things right as much as I can. Some things you can never take back, but you can at least make them right. And so I was just wondering... What is your take on this verse? Because I look and there's days that I think, Lord, you must not be very happy with me. There's not been any reconciliation.
3: Yeah, I think that when you look at a passage like this, um it it doesn't because of the failure and faults of man, it's not it's not gonna be it's not going to apply um across the board because God is not gonna force people that don't want to live in peace, right? He's not going to force himself upon anyone. And and so we approach something uh, like this verse and we say, okay, um, let me let me look it up real quick here. What is it? Proverbs, um, I think Proverbs 16, 16, verse 7. 7. But I'm not sure. <clears throat> uh, yeah, it's Proverbs 16, verse 7. And it says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Uh, and so there's two parts to this this wisdom, this nugget of wisdom. One is our part, uh, and the other is the part of, of the enemies, right the the work of the Holy Spirit, the work of God in enemies. Um, but it's not an absolute promise, right? It's not an absolute promise because there's other factors here of rebellion and resistance that God will not supersede, uh, and He will not. He will not. Uh, force someone, or force himself upon someone, because you have lived a life that has pleased the Lord. I mean, it's not a perfect life, so so you can the you can take the burden off of you where you could never fulfill this per, You could never fulfill this verse a hundred percent. It never. Neither could I. There's no way in the world that I could live a life that completely pleases the Lord because I still sin. There's still the sin factor in my life, um, even though now um, my life pleases the Lord by faith in Christ, like he stands in the gap for me. But in these wisdom statements, they are general statements. They're not absolute promises that we would hold on to, like God's going to even make people that don't want to be at peace with me, be at peace with me. That he's He's saying in a more broad sense, look, you take care of your part. You you please the Lord. You live in your life. And you know he can make even your enemies be at peace with you there can be a drastic change of events you'll have a you, i think there's also something set to be said here where there may be people that are at peace with us that could have been our enemies uh should we have you know rebelled against god or um but that i think that the broader sense of that verse is just simply hey look you have your part You live at peace with God and you watch God work all around you. And part of God's work all around you will be the work of him making enemies um, peaceful toward us. But I don't want you to think, you know, you have a person that's like at odds with you right now and wants nothing to do with you. And then you're like, well, it must be all my fault. Uh, No, you're responsible for your part. They're responsible for their part. Um, And, you know you remember there's an example too of this uh in uh Pilate, remember with Jesus was standing before Pilate, Pilate is uh ready to condemn Jesus, but jesus uh stands there and <clears throat> he pleased the Father, and even his enemies found him blameless even even those that were against him declare him to be uh a man of peace, and they still killed him, right so they acknowledged. That his life was pleasing to the Lord, but they still chose to kill him, and and so it's a multifaceted verse. The part, the hard part is, is that you know there are people that want to continue to be at odds with us. There are people that want to continue to betray. I mean, if there was ever anyone that lived at peace with the Father and yet he was surrounded by enemies, because people will still rebel against God.
1: They do. Um, Do you think, and I don't know if this is a right thing to even think, but are there cases where it isn't God's will for a complete and absolute restoration to what things were before for some reason or other?
3: Um, Yeah, I think there is. I think there is there there is like we we don't know I w- um I was thinking um uh there was a scripture that was shared with me recently in Isaiah uh about death uh early death and it, it it seemed it was here let me read it to you uh it says in Isaiah 57 verse 1 and 2 and I'll read it to you from the New Living Translation it says good people pass away the godly often die before their time, but no one seems to care or wonder why. No one seems to understand that God is protecting them from the evil to come. For those who follow godly paths will rest in peace when they die. That's a pretty powerful nugget to chew on, Isaiah 57. But we, it, it is an ingredient for those that grieve the loss of someone to say, you know, there's a strong possibility that <clears throat> that early death uh, was actually a very protective uh, action, a very protective measure, because they they would have had a miserable life had they stayed alive. Um, and so that that sense of man, we don't think that way. We want to enjoy our family. We'll do it. We want to enjoy our loved ones. But man, it it could very well be that there was an end to something so that something even worse was avoided. And I believe that's similar to your question. You know, is it God's will for that lack of reconciliation? Well, God's heart is for us to be reconciled in Christ. That's His will. For those that are rebelling, those that are fake believers, I've met quite a few fake believers, uh, those that are in rank rank sin, um, there's not going to be reconciliation with them because reconciliation only happens in Christ.
1: Wow, that's awesome. That is awesome. I sure do appreciate
3: it. Well, thanks Thank for calling you. in for Wisconsin.
1: Thank you so much.
3: God bless you, sister.
1: God bless you.
3: Bye-bye. Yeah, it's a hard thing to think of, isn't it? Uh, because I, especially those that listening that really want to be reconciled, really want things to change, hey, look, if, if the offending party doesn't repent, There will not be reconciliation. You know, God is through Christ reconciling the world to himself. And so the rebellious, I think of of those that even went for godly pastoral counsel and the pastor gave them horrible counsel and only emboldened them in their sinful ways. And because of that, that emboldening, now all of a sudden you can just go, well, you know, pastor so-and-so said it. Yeah, but it's not biblical. I don't care what pastor so-and-so said. Your behavior is wrong. Your choices are wrong. Your constant and then you fill in the blanks of the sinful behavior it's just wrong. I mean any a fifth grader can open up the Bible and tell you it's wrong. Um but you hold on to what the pastor said or you know, my friend said, and you live a life of misery making other people's lives miserable uh to some degree because of your sin. So you there are times I think even where toxic people uh, will take advantage of this manipulators will take advantage of this where you want reconciliation so bad that you'll take all the blame and it's all your fault and they'll just they'll oh yeah we'll reconcile but they just continue to manipulate you lie about you use you and um is it God's will for us all to be reconciled yes in Christ in Christ not living in such a way where you just yield to someone that's in rank rebellious sin even if pastor gave bad counsel and uh, I mean I that word emboldened is not used lightly I've seen it, experienced it unfortunately. 303-690-3000 Longmont, Colorado DJ, welcome to the program
4: Hi, Pastor Ed How are you?
3: Hi I'm doing Hi, great, son. how are you?
4: First of all, I want to say uh, thank you for what you do and um, you know, listening to you, I get blessed a lot, so thank you for what you do Yes,
3: You're welcome. What can I do for you?
4: So, quick question. I guess it's a two-part question. Um, I hear okay. you talking about that you, we that, that we are living in the last days. That it seems like um, we are living in the last days, and I've heard you say that. Not just you, but I've heard yes. other pastors say that. You know, it, it you is bet. coming near and near. Um, what types of signs are you seeing that you know that you believe that we are living in the last days? I'm not trying to be discouraging at all. I'm just
3: no, no, no. Get this, that's uh, a great question. First yet. of all, let, let's define, to help you and our audience understand this, let's define last days. And that's going to take us back to uh, the book of Acts in chapter 2. Peter is there. The Holy Spirit has just fallen upon that group of 120 in the upper room. The baptism of the Holy Spirit's come. They start to speak in tongues. They have the attention of those that are in Jerusalem. And then it says in verse 14 that Peter stood up and raised his voice. And it says, Let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And then he starts to quote Joel and he says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men dream dreams. Then he goes on. So the definition of the last days, when do the last days begin? At the day of Pentecost. That is is the, the revelation of last days. The beginning of the last days starts with the day of Pentecost and ends with the return of the Lord. So the last days now have been going on for 2,000 plus years. And so when we talk about last days, you hear me mention it as a pastor, you hear other pastors mention it. What we're wanting to emphasize is that we are closer to the coming of the Lord than ever before, not only both in time, um, but but also in activity. And that comes to your um, question. But here, uh, Paul would write in Romans chapter 13, verse 11, and do this knowing the time, that now it's high time to awake out of sleep for our, now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. So you start to put the pieces together. The day of Pentecost starts the last days. The last days have been going on for 2,000 years. Paul writes, you know, I don't know, I, I want to say 60 uh, for probably around 60 A.D., writes Romans, he says, "Hey, salvation's nearer, and it is. It's 60 years nearer, or 30 years nearer than it was when they first got saved." So we have this progression of time as the coming of the Lord, which I believe created an environment that God intended every generation of believers to live with a sense of the imminent return of Jesus Christ, that He could come at any moment, and that we would wait and anticipate. Him coming at any moment so now our generation let's fast forward you and I take your question what are we seeing today that no other generation has ever seen Um, I mean we are seeing a rapid increase of things that uh, God predicts will happen before the coming of the Lord Um, for just let's just talk about big things number one the nation of Israel has to exist in order for the Lord to come back like that's a part of the timetable that there's a nation where God is drawing back his people to Israel. That happened in 1948. The Bible also predicts that in the latter days, the Antichrist, the one world, the, a, a man, will rule the world unilaterally, and he'll rule the world with a one-world religion. He will rule the world with a one-world currency. He will rule the world with a one-world government. And there's a lot of details that are involved in that, uh, but that will happen. And in order for that to happen, I mean, look at the things that we have today. Um, look, at, look at the discussion and the dialogue that's talked about with COVID uh, and this worldwide pandemic and how people have called for, we just need one leader. I think it was the former leader of the UK. He comes back uh, and says, we need one leader. Tony Blair is his name. And I remember that article. It's like, we'll we, we just give up all of our sovereignty to one man. And you're like, wow, um, that's powerful. Or the way that um, uh, the computer systems exist today, or the internet's exist today, or how information's controlled by just a few people, um, the banking system, all electronic. I mean, on and on. On top of, on top of things that were very specific. Um, he says that in the, in First Timothy four, the Spirit says expressly in latter times. Some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Uh, and so there's you know, there's a sense of there's a great falling away, and we are certainly seeing a great falling away today. At least churches are emptying out, not just because of COVID, but because people have been tested and tried, and they, they don't care. You see a lot of... Um, they don't care about the things of the Lord. You see a lot of deconstructing of faith today. Um, you know, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says, Know this, in the last days, perilous times will come. And then he begins to describe men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, and on and on the list goes of what the last days would look like. Um, Jesus talks about that the last days prior to his coming would be very much like the days of Noah. And this unbridled sin, and invention of sin, and population explosion, and demonic activity, and on and on the list goes. And I, I did a series of studies not too long ago in the Book of Daniel. Um, I updated our studies in Daniel, and we talked about um, the times in which we live. Uh, and I know that that would um, I know that would be a great series of studies to pick up online uh, that would encourage you. Thanks for explaining that. I mean, it's it's, it's a, that's a real short answer to a very I, deep I know it's question. A very, very broad question, and, and yeah. Um, it, I things, mean, but. there is so much to be said about the days in which we live. You know, if you think about, let's just say this: let's say you and I were in the fifties, um, and we said, "Yeah, you know, we'd be teaching the Bible." There's going to be a one-world government, and and you're not going to be able to buy or sell without. Uh, a QR code on your phone, you know. Everybody's like, "What?" And yeah. and today, what are countries doing? They're requiring um, QR codes. There even there's even a an implantable vaccine passport. They're talking about p- implanting under the skin, um, so that you can walk around with your vaccine information on your. I mean, it's it's wild times we're living in right now. For sure, for sure.
4: Um, and that's kind of how I felt was uh, you know, with. I'm not vaccinated. I don't plan on getting vaccinated, and I'm uh, kind of on that stance of, you know, it's more than just forcing someone to put something in our body. But it's just the fact of, you know, um, I want to, I, I want to make sure that I know what I'm doing as far as, you know, um, and, and and anyone can say anything about the vaccine, you know, and I, and I, I, I don't know if I should, if I, if I know who to trust, but I, I just feel like something with that, I just. I think there's a bigger bigger meaning to it. Um I'm not I'm not trying to sound like a conspiracy theorist or anything, but it's just one of those things sure. where I put a lot of thought into it as well. Um it's just not something that I, I would take lightly. Um right. and, and move forward with that. So um yeah, I don't know what your stance is on that, but it's just one of those things where I think I wanna really think about it, um and and, and, and think of it in you know, in a bigger light rather than just giving it, you know, a second thought and just thinking of it just like another
3: Yeah, and I, I can tell you what my stance is in a general well, and that is it is a personal medical decision uh, that a person should make with their doctor. And if they make the, the decision to say yes to the vaccines, then they're, taking it, they're making a decision by faith. And is it possible to take a vaccine and not be fearful of COVID? Of course it is. It's not just a fear-based or there are a lot of good reasons that people have that they'll have they'll make between them and the Lord and their doctor. And then if they decide not to take like you, then that also is a decision of faith. You'd make a decision by faith. And and I think one of the things I've been telling I've been telling our church and I've been wanting people to 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 do is make the decision and then move on. Because the gospel still needs to go forward. So you make the decision and then it's not a topic anymore. Hey, this is where I already made that decision. I'm moving on to the next decision. But what's happening in our churches today is people are hanging on to it, arguing about it, fighting about it, and we just need to make it and move on. And you're right; there are all kinds of things going on in the government, and it's not just this. Um, You know, a lot of this is going on, so other things are taking place behind the scenes. and And yet, I was just talking to a friend of mine, and uh, I, you know, you got to understand. Imagine what it was like living in Jesus' day when Caesar was on the throne. You remember when Jesus said that if um, that you're supposed to go the extra mile? Uh, remember that teaching in the early part of Matthew? I do not. You know, know. what he ma- uh, He talked about uh, a Roman soldier coming up to you and asking you to go a mile, and he says, you go that mile and one more. I mean, you lived under the absolute militaristic control of Rome, and they could do whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted to you, and pretty much get away with it, and so what Jesus said is like, "I know what I know what you live under, and so if they ask you to do something, I want you to go farther. I want you to have the heart to go farther as a representative of jesus and and so we have it hard, sure, things are changing now, and and things could be perceived as unfair and difficult. Yes, 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 but man, generations and generations of believers have lived under authoritarian um, you know even right now, you think of believers around the world suffering for the cause of Christ. Um, We still have great freedoms, and we need to, to whom much is given, much is required, and only what's measured in the gospel is going to matter and last. So thanks, man. God bless you, bro. Thank you so much, Pastor Ed. All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Let me, um, because we're coming up on the hard break here, let me just ask this question. It says, hey, a few weeks ago, Pastor Ed wore a t-shirt that that said, Hekka. And what is HECA? I tried to look it up, but I couldn't find much information on it. Um, great question. Hecka was a t-shirt uh, apparel company that my son started after my oldest son passed away. And he had this phrase that uh, they shared together as brothers. And after my son passed away, um, my other son decided to honor Uh, the memory of Eddie and honor the memory of the fun that they had together and he started an apparel company and since it was in my basement I got a shirt or two (laughs) and so I think I don't know which one I was wearing uh, at the time Um, but that that is um, that particular shirt as you might see him around because it was it's a lot of apparel went out during that time it's not happening anymore but it is in memory of my son, Eddie. It's one of the many ways uh, that we perpetuate the memory of my son, Eddie. Like in, like in my book, Hope for the Troubled Heart, uh, or Help for the Troubled Heart, in the very first page is a picture of me, my son, and my grandson who happens to have a birthday tomorrow. And that is the only picture uh, that we, we have that exists of the three of us me my son and my grandson and uh it's a great memory that we hold on to um, um all the way around both of my son and my grandson it's a wonderful memory to hold on to uh and so are these shirts wonderful memories to hold on to uh reminding us of of uh, we miss our boy we miss our brother we miss our son we miss our police officer every role dad and every role that he fulfilled so that's the question that's the answer uh, to the HECA shirt. Three oh three six nine zero three thousand. We got one open line. We're gonna be right back for the second half of today's program.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
3: Hey, welcome back everyone to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor and I'm glad to be with you this afternoon. Shout out to everyone listening around the country, even around the world, Grace FM, here, originating here in Colorado, gracefm.com, and uh, and of course, 89.7, 101.7, up and down the front range. And we are uh, welcoming again uh, a new network of stations, Radio by Grace. You guys are hearing this live as well. Hope FM, Truth FM, Higher Rock Radio. You guys are getting this one week delayed, but we're all together and grateful to be a small part of what God's doing in your life. We're going to head over. Let's just jump right to it. Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. Linda, welcome to the program.
5: Hi, Pastor Ed. It's great to talk hey, to Linda. you again.
3: Yeah, welcome back.
5: Okay, I just wanted to tell you just quickly, my husband and I are going through a little bit of a financial storm, and I consider it a privilege That God is allowing that storm because I know when it passes, my my faith is going to be increased and my husband's.
3: Yes, yes, I agree. Joy. That
5: being said, praise God. My Christian counseling. Everything is coming into place. My pastor and his wife are both behind me. Oh, um, I go to an Assemblies of God church, so okay. I'm going to be going to Global University. It's an online okay. school. And the course I have to take is a pastoral counseling, so I'm really going to have to, like, get into the Word a lot, lot more. Mm. And after that, I get my certification as a Christian counselor. And I also found out that I'm eligible for financial aid. So God's taking care of everything, and I just praise Him and thank Him so much, and I thank you for your encouragement. It's been awesome.
3: Oh, that's fantastic! And thank, it's it's really cool that uh, the Lord has like opened these doors one by one, you know. And yeah, it, and it 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 shouldn't surprise us uh, mm-hmm. that we have uh, great progress, uh, but then you have great resistance, you know, with the the um, the the backlash of financial issues or challenges like that. It, it shouldn't surprise us. You are making great progress, but then you are also seeing great resistance.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. But I know God's going to take care of everything. I have total belief in how awesome he is. Just total too, belief, And I, I thank God every day for the gift of his son, for the gift of the Holy Spirit, for my yes. salvation, my husband's mm. salvation, all the saved people. I have been having little projects where I try to at least plant the seed. And it seems that that that's what my thing is—planting seeds—and I'm I'm just I am just so blessed, so blessed.
3: Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, bless you, Linda. Thanks for the update. Keep us updated.
5: Thank you, Pastor Ed.
3: All right, bye bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand works around the country, so you're welcome to call us. Three zero three six nine zero three three. Excuse me, six nine zero three thousand. And then the text line is dedicated, 720-336-0897. Back to Aurora, Colorado. Jason, welcome to the program.
0: Hey, how are you?
3: Good. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. A uh, couple questions, not two big ones. Uh, first, what happens to those people, like those tribes in the Amazon who never come and contact Christianity? What happens when they die?
3: Yes, that's a great question. Such a great question. I dedicated a whole Bible study to answer it. Um, But you have another, do you have a follow-up question? Then I'll finish with that answer.
0: Yeah. Um, So my grandma's Catholic. I have a cousin who's Mormon, and I was just curious, do Catholics go to heaven, do Mormons, and what about Jews?
3: Yeah, so the only people that go to heaven without any labels are those that have repented of their sin and they believe in the real Jesus Christ. So when you start addressing that, that's a very simple way of putting it. But Roman Catholics, is it possible for them to go to heaven? Absolutely. The problem with Roman Catholicism is that not everybody believes in the real Jesus within, they, they follow a works based religion. But are there real, bona fide, saved people within Roman Catholicism? Yes. Um, Mormonism, on the other hand, is a completely different uh, set of beliefs. They do not believe in the Jesus of the Bible as much as they say they do. They do not. Uh, they know they don't uh, through all their mental gymnastics and all their ways of explaining it. They, they still know that Jesus is not the, the uh, spirit brother of Lucifer and on and on that list goes. Uh, a typical Mormon might say, oh, I don't believe that. But if you adhere and commit yourself to following the teachings of Joseph Smith, then that's what he taught and when the book of mormon becomes more important than the king james version of the bible or that you add something we could go on and on so mormonism can a person believe in jesus christ and be in a mormon church of course can people can a person believe in jesus christ and have mormons in their family yes but i'm always concerned because to say that i'm a mormon and i'm saved um is not enough um as a matter of fact Mormonism has teachings that's contrary to Jesus, so you have a a, a bona fide committed Mormon uh, is not saved um, because they adhere to doctrines that are not biblical, uh, and they would have to repent of them and renounce the Mormon Church. It's that's an easy one for Jews. Same with um, with the Jews. If a if a true Jewish person that believes in the Old Testament scriptures. They come from their understanding of the Old Testament scriptures to Jesus Christ, Messiah. They will either accept him and continue to be a Jew. They'll be a saved Jewish person then. Or reject him, which most of the um, men and women in Israel do today. That's how we're going to be judged at the Bema Seat, at the great, great right throne. What did you do with the real Jesus Christ? So nobody, so my summary of the whole answer in any group that we talk about Nobody gets saved apart from Jesus Christ. Nobody. Not you, not me, not the people in the Amazon. And so the question, with, the question you led up with is those that have never heard. Well, it's, it's, not, it's, tr- it's actually not accurate for us to say that there are people that have never heard um, because everyone has heard from God. Um, everyone has heard from God, and you go, Ed, what are you talking about? Like I'm never. There's whole people groups that are known as unknown or or unreached, and we say, well, let's explain this from the Bible. First of all, every human being on the planet Earth has heard from their Creator through His creation. Right? It doesn't matter who you are, if you're in the United States of America sitting in a church, or you're in the middle of a deep dark jungle uh, sitting under a tree. Uh, doesn 't matter who we are, where we are, all of us all of us is all of us have the light of creation. like we can see a tree and say i didn't do that an animal i didn't create that uh, and and so with that, if you think of people living in the dark, then creation is a light and if you and I follow the light, then every human being on the planet Earth has also received the light of their own conscience. And it really doesn't matter what culture. It doesn't matter what culture, what country, um, what people group. There is an innate sense of right and wrong that God built into everyone. We call it our conscience. Like, for example, let's take those tribes for a second. Um, Those tribes. Let's say tribe A and tribe B. They live in an unreached people. They've never seen. They don't even have the Bible in their language. Never met a Christian. They're in the middle of nowhere. And one night tribe a decides let's go over to tribe B let's steal all their stuff and rip off their wife and kids and we'll do it at night. We'll kill whoever tries to resist us and then we'll come back to our camp. So they do that and they, they go over, they steal stuff. They set the their camp on fire and they threaten everyone with death and then everyone stops and you know, they, they, they steal the women and kids and bring them back to their camp. It, Without any Western law, without the Bible, without anything, what do you think the tribe that was ripped off, what do you think they're feeling?
0: Uh, Probably remorse, sadness, grief.
3: Yes, and what else do you think? After they're done with grieving, then what do you think they're going to do?
0: Probably rebuild or revenge. Revenge.
3: Yeah, revenge, right? They probably will do both. That's right. And and again, we're just talking out loud. So just these thoughts, these are all possibilities. But revenge, where does revenge come from? Revenge comes from the feeling that this is wrong and it needs to be made right. How did they learn that? They don't have the law. They don't have the Bible. They, they don't have uh, the revelation of the gospel that you and I have today. They learned it because God put it inside of them because they're created in the image of God. And so you have creation and you have conscience. Then you have, with that in mind, this same groups in the middle of the jungle, same groups. Uh, I I want you to think if if you and I are lost in the, let's say you and I now, set that aside. Um, If you and I were in a deep, dark jungle and you and I got lost and all we have is machetes and we got to get out, and we did come up with a decision. We say, okay, Jason, you go that way, and I'll go this way, and we'll cut our way through the jungle. And the first one that sees light and a way out, we'll call to each other, and, and then we'll be saved. You know, like so. And you go, okay, J- okay, Ed. Okay, Jason, let's go. And we're cutting, cutting, cutting. About 20 minutes later, what happens? I, I hear Jason say, hey, Ed, I found light. It's not much, but I found some light. And my choice at that moment is going to determine my destiny. So if I say, Jason, I believe you. I'm going to come to you and I'm going to follow the light. That's going to be positive. We're probably going to get out together. But if I hear you say, hey, there's light over here and I don't follow it. And I go the opposite way and I die in the jungle. Whose fault is that? Is it Jason's fault or Ed's fault? Well, it's Ed's fault. And it's Ed's fault because he chose not to follow the light. So when you think of these people in the middle of the jungle, and the sovereignty and the power of God, everyone's been given light. Even here in the U.S., everyone's been given light. Everyone is, um, everyone is is given the light of creation, the light of conscience. If we follow the light, if we respond to what God has done, I believe then God will reveal. The light of Christ to those people, and I think of a modern day example. I'm I'm looking at a book on my shelf right now. It says "Killing Christians," and it's the story of God's work of salvation among the Muslim countries, uh, Muslim protected anti Christian countries today, where God Himself, Jesus Christ, is a ap- is appearing to Muslims in their dreams, and they're getting saved and creating little churches. Within the Muslim protected countries, because, you know, they don't have access uh, to the gospel. It's outlawed. There's not people evangelizing. There's not churches they could walk into, but God is still reaching them because he's got people all over the place. When you follow the light, the light will lead to more light. If you resist the light, then you'll be in utter darkness. I, I like did this. I did this Bible study in depth so I much I went much deeper uh in Romans. I think I called it uh what about those two have never heard. And you know, I spent about 45 minutes trying to walk through this thought process of cuz ultimately, let's just say I didn't give any of that answer. Ultimately, the answer to that lies in the in the sovereign providence of God. And God's going to sort it out. He's not going to nobody's going to be nobody's going to be separate from God in an unfair manner. It will be fair righteous honorable um but he has revealed to us um the the reality of his he he ha, he has made it absolutely difficult for people to go to hell mm. and I'm sorry, go ahead
0: no no no, your guy was just taking it in
3: no i i so the bible study if you go to the app and you search, you can just uh the bible study I taught is what about those who never heard? Romans chapter one.
0: Okay. Well, I appreciate your time and your answer.
3: Yeah. Bless you, brother.
0: All right. You too, buddy. Thank you.
3: All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And just thinking, you know, Jason's here in Aurora. You guys be safe out there. It's got a fresh layer of snow. Uh, It's super cold, so it's going to freeze over. So you guys driving home, be super safe and careful. Um uh, it is a, um, you know, it gets slick out there and <clears throat> challenging here. 303 690 690 3000 is the number. We're going to stick around. Colorado, Littleton. Kevin's on the line. Welcome to the program. Hi,
6: Pastor Ed. Uh, thanks for hey, taking Kevin. my call. You're welcome. Hey, hey I, I want to...
3: Oh, you're dropping Thank out. Thank
6: you Kevin. for what you
3: do. It. You're welcome. You're dropping in and
6: out. I... If I can get better reception.
3: Okay, you're you're back on now. Let's try one more time. Go ahead. Fantastic.
6: Well, uh, I'm I'm calling because uh, I had an incredible experience yesterday with a coworker who uh, asked to take me to lunch, and then proceeded to say, "I need help finding a church. Can you okay. help me?" Uh, That led to some other discussions, and -hmm. one of those was uh, his belief that the Bible's a great historical uh, reference, but he's not sure he can fully believe in it because of all the editing and changes over time, and and he wasn't asking for an answer, but I would love to to have that conversation with him with advice from you.
3: Yeah, there's a great resource if you want to... um prepare for answers like this I believe the i, I believe let me look it up uh, the resources where we got our Bible uh, that answers and addresses these things um, to to answer not just a skeptic but just in general can we trust the Bible that's in our hands and can we ask some uh difficult questions uh, where uh where hey why wouldn't um you know Why wouldn't we uh, ask these hard questions? And that's not the right title of the book. So I'm trying to look up a book here um, at the same time. So I'm thinking, um, I think it's Lightfoot is the guy. Um, so um, there is a, a, a resource that's called How We Got the Bible by Neil Lightfoot. Um, that's not the one I'm thinking of, but he, that is a reliable one. There's another resource by Geisler. And I don't see it up on my shelf. It disappeared on the inerrancy of the Bible. Um, it's, it's a great resource of kind of walk. It's called A General Introduction to the Bible. A General Introduction to the Bible by Norman Geisler, G-E-I-S-L-E-R. And I think that's also included, if you want a broader scope of it, uh, Geisler put out a five-volume systematic theology, and one volume is dedicated to the Bible? And it's pretty thick. Um, And those are good answers because, you know, it's a tricky question there. Have there been scribal scribal errors uh, over the years? Yes. Have people manipulated the text external to the Bible? Yes. Um, But the reality that the Bible we have today in all its iterations is representative of the original autographs there's significant evidence like we we don't have absolute proof because we don't have the original manuscripts, but there's significant evidence that would point us in the direction. you know the you know how they do uh, what do they say in court the preponderance of the evidence. Um, the preponderance of the evidence would say that what we have today was in the hands of the first century believers. Um, like you and I now, 2000 years later. Um, and I think I want to say, I did a Bible study on this, um, myself. I did a two part that you can trust the Bible. Uh, let me see if, cause I, there was something in there that I think I, I read, you know, cause I had to do a lot of research for, um, for that. But I read that, um, even if we didn't have the new Testament today, we could take, um, we could take the writings of the first generation of believers um, we could take their writings and put together the New Testament to like nine over 90%. We could assemble over 90% of the New Testament just from the writings of the teachers and uh, the quotations of the first century. Um, and on top of all that, so we got all the facts, right? On top of all that, right. I, th- I think we have to consider this with your friend, and your friend has to consider it. Uh, and that's simply this. We, we believe in the Bible, and the, the series was how um, why you can trust in the Bible, Hebrews chapter uh, 11. So if you want to find it on the website, why you can trust in the Bible. Um, but let's just step back for a second and say, okay, with all the evidence and everything that we have, how about this piece of evidence? We believe in the entirety and the inspiration of the Bible because Jesus Christ himself believed in the inerrancy of the scriptures and that's important he 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 taught and and expressed to those in front of him I mean think about it the divine authority and origin of the Bible its eternality its history historicity its divine inspiration its spiritual clarity its infallibility its supremacy like these are these are things that Jesus himself verbalized as it relates to the Old Testament scriptures and anticipating the scriptures that we written to surround his life. Um and I went through I got one, two, three, eleven things. And the very things that people deny, Jesus believed in Jonah, Nineveh, Adam, Eve, literal creation, Cain and Abel, Daniel, Isaiah, Uh, jesus affirmed those things and all the critics today say oh they didn't exist they didn't exist it's not true well jesus believed in them and taught them as truth
6: wow well thank you very much uh uh, this will give us a good place to start he's a, a very um cerebral person so i think these book suggestions will be uh great things i can offer to him uh and i really appreciate your guidance
3: they will be very helpful the you know norman norm gleiser is a, is a genius he's home, he went home to be with the lord but a modern day theologian a genius but he was also able to write in such a way where normal people like us could understand so he would go deep enough where those that want to go deep can go but also he was simple enough where you could grasp what he was saying um and explains very thoroughly you know cuz what what um your friend is also wrestling with is the 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 canonicity of the Bible. How do we know what belonged in there? How, who was in charge of that? How can we trust that? But there's one more tack that I would take with your friend, um, just okay. for sake of dialogue and discussion. It's this: what parts of the Bible do you do you agree with? And let's start there. Like, okay, so let's just set aside. There's a lot of learning to be done, and I'm I I'm willing to find those resources for you. But what parts do you agree with? And let's talk about those because. If you have the Bible in your hand and there are parts of the Bible you do agree with, parts of the Bible you think you do think are historically accurate, well, let's talk about those um, and what kind of spiritual implication they would have upon our lives. And I think that the part of Jesus, like, and I would even pick up, if you email me, I'll save you some time and I'll just send you my notes. Uh, and I'll just, so email me and I'll send you both my notes because I wrote it all down so you don't have to take notes if you don't want to. And... Um, you can start talking about the hot topics well do you believe in jonah no that's a myth i looked it up on snopes and dot uh, com and it's a myth okay well th- that's a significant statement for you to make because jesus taught that jonah was real that he was a prophet that he was swallowed by a great fish and he was sent to a people that to preach the gospel to nineveh so now now it's a different topic it's now not just believing the Bible and the paper and the words and the English translation. now we've got a challenge that really needs to be dealt with, and that is, well, do you believe Jesus or not? and because that's the essence, that's where his whole faith is going to hinge on his faith in Jesus, and that might be attacked just to have a great conversation. It's okay if he wrestles and struggles or comes up with other alternatives because we're helping him along the way, coming back to but this is you know, this is what the Bible says. Uh and look at what how Jesus viewed the Bible.
6: That's fantastic. I will absolutely send you an email to get those okay, notes. Okay, great. And I really appreciate it.
3: Man, it's so good that you're in his life and that you're ready to take him to the next level. That's really cool.
6: I I feel blessed. There's no doubt about it.
3: Right on. Well bless you, brother.
6: Thank you. You too. Take care.
3: All right, bye bye. 303 690 3000. Let's jump over to Denver now. Ryan, welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor Ed. Hey, Ryan, what's up?
2: Um, I need to ask for a prayer for patience and for peace. Um, okay. I'll just give you a very small and quick background. I married 14 years, went through a bad divorce, went through jail, uh, came out and found someone through the church, and um, unfortunately didn't follow follow Christ. And I lived in sin with her for a little over a year. Um, But I have been free from that for close to a year now. And um, God has instilled in my heart, I still love this woman and her children very, very deeply. And, uh, okay. I can deal with the loneliness. I'm having trouble dealing with the pain, yes. and I, I desire to uh, be filled by God so I can fill their life. Like I, I want nothing from it for myself. I just want to be yes. able to do for them.
3: Yeah, it's hard, man, to deal with the consequences of our sin and the pain of um, past mistakes. I did, I did a series, uh, I, thought, I felt like our church was at such a time where I did a series of Bible studies, I think I titled it, How to Deal with Your Past, and I think it would be really helpful for you, they're all on the app under the series tab, I think it would be really helpful for you as you walk through, not only the peace we're going to pray for you right now, that's important, but also day by day, abiding in Christ, and learning how to receive the forgiveness of God day by day, learning how to forgive yourself. Uh, and walk in the forgiveness that God has for you and and be strengthened in the inner man because you're not defined by your failures even if you have to deal with the consequences every day. And uh, so I pray, God, for my friend that just so much going on in his life, so much past hurt and pain and difficulty and separation and even loneliness, as he mentions, I lift him up, God. I bring him to your In my mind, I kind of picture like those friends breaking into the roof and dropping him right down in front of you, Jesus, to receive your healing, to receive your patience, to receive the peace of God that passes all understanding that will guard his heart and his mind through Christ Jesus. And I pray, God, for miraculous restoration and reconciliation, miraculous uh, change of heart, even if relationships are different going forward, that there would still be some kind of connection. But even so, Lord, if we never get that connection again, we commit those kids and we commit this woman unto you, Lord, and we commit ourselves to you, and we pray for your strength to carry on in Ryan's life and so many others that have a similar testimony in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Thank you, Pastor.
3: Okay, brother, I'm sorry, bro, but, man, the Lord is good, and he's faithful, and... I don't know how it's all going to turn out, but I do know that he's changing you from the inside out.
2: That's the only way he can, right?
3: That's, that's, that's his deal. To, he, that's his, that is what he does. He is the potter and we are the clay. Bless you, man.
2: You can't do it by the flesh, but you have
3: to no. do it by the Spirit. Amen. cannot please God in the flesh. The the The, the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. All right, we're coming into the end of the program today. Thank you guys for tuning in. I think the Lord used it greatly and uh, shout out happy birthday to my grandson. Maybe he hears it, maybe he doesn't. But one day, little guy, one day, yes, sir, the Lord knows what he's doing and why he's allowed things to happen in your life and in my life. And nothing, doesn't matter, nothing takes away from the goodness of God and his great grace in our lives. Nothing, zero, he is faithful even when we are faithless. He is strong even when we are weak. And he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can think or ask. Isn't that great? We'll see you guys in church this weekend. We're back in the book of Acts this weekend here at Calvary. Church. Look us up. Join us. We'd love to have you be a part of our fellowship family. And on behalf of Grace FM and all these wonderful radio stations, we love you and count it a blessing to serve you. Good night. You've
0: been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in
2: next time for prayer and God's Word.